0: Welcome to the MHI Cast, the show where we talk to the industry's best minds to uncover their supply chain stories. We explore real world case studies and get unique perspectives on key trends and emerging technologies from every corner of the material handling, logistics, and supply chain space. Hello, and thank you for joining us for this episode of MHI Cast. Today, we're talking about innovation, disruption, and technology. Within supply chains, as you all know, employers and employees need to get creative, not only for the development of new products, but to help lay a solid foundation for a company's future. So today we're excited to be chatting with the group of experts, or this group of experts, I should say, on how organizations can encourage thinking outside of the box while mitigating risks. With us today are Dr. Randy Bradley, University of Tennessee, Kevin Blankespoor from Boston Dynamics, and Thomas Boykin from Deloitte. First question, why is innovation so critical for supply chains? Gentlemen, let's start with Thomas.
1: We're at a point where the need for innovation has never been higher. And the culture for encouraging innovation is an important part of us meeting the challenge. And the culture begins with the license to fail. People being given the freedom, first of all, to be creative and the license to fail. to know that their annual performance will not be based on, you know, lack of failure. In fact, some creative performance measures encourage folks to fail and to try and to be creative. So the culture begins with giving people the freedom to create, and part of that is allowing them to fail, and failure is not, it's not bad. We learn from every failure we have. if We're smart about it. and. That just brings us closer to a solution that will win in the end. So it begins with uh, allowing folks to be creative and to be free enough to fail.
0: Thanks for that, Thomas. Quick follow-up on that one. Uh, Where do you think innovation comes from? And what strategies do you see companies using to encourage this uh, type of creativity
1: within organizations? The best ideas come from the folks closest to the processes. That's one learning. The best strategists are typically the people who have been in the details at some point in their career trajectory because they've learned and they have insights. They take those insights with them as they move up the organizational chain and are responsible for creating. And by the time they do that, they appreciate the value of the folks in the detail. So that kind of cultural mindset, the tone that is set from the top, but I would say the folks at the top are are folks who have appreciated their journey, and part of their journey has been to be in the details, and they're smart enough to understand that you know, the creativity doesn't start when they get you know, a vice president title. It exists throughout an organization.
0: You know, there's always a risk of failure with new ideas and technologies, and, and it certainly helps when people have experience with that process. Boston Dynamics is known for their innovative robots and has even posted video of these exact same machines falling or, or making mistakes on occasion. Uh, Kevin, uh, do you think there's a connection between failure and innovation?
2: Well, you have to embrace failure is going to happen when you take risks. I think that's probably the most important part. Uh, you know, in some company cultures, a failure is a badge of honor. It means that you actually tried to solve a really hard problem. And so I think that if you're afraid to fail, then you never really bite off that next big challenge and you never really create that disruption. So you have to see failure almost as a positive part of the process to get to your finished solution.
0: Okay, Randy, this one's for you. I know that uh, one of the ways companies try and innovate their processes is by investing in new and emerging technologies. And we've all seen from MHI's annual industry report that 64% of respondents are, are planning and are going to increase their investment into technology, but that the lack of a clear business case was the biggest barrier to adoption. So can you share your thoughts and comments around this? Do you feel that maybe companies are just not seeing a return on investment when it comes to emerging tech?
3: The vast majority of companies are not getting a return on investment on emerging technologies for a couple of reasons. One of the reasons is that organizations are really pursuing technology for the sake of technology and not necessarily focusing on or prioritizing the people who still are needed to do some of the work, as well as the work that actually needs to get done. And so when it comes down to it, when you think about where those investments in emerging tech are going into, it's really around what we refer to as that digital backbone. But the problem is, is that most organizations have lost sight of the operational backbone, which deals with their core systems, such as their ERP, their customer relationship management systems, their warehouse management systems or warehouse execution systems and so forth. And because the operational backbone is needed to feed the digital backbone, many of those investments in the digital solutions aren't necessarily yielding value, not because they're immature or lack the necessary capabilities, but it's because when you create this Venn diagram, if you will, between your operational and your digital, it's the lackluster operational components that really are inhibiting organizations' ability to get tremendous value from the emerging technologies.
0: So what can companies do to turn that around and invest in technology and innovations that will provide measurable ROI?
3: In my experience, I find that companies will tend to start their journey with a shopping list of the technologies they want without giving really any thought to what's the process that we're trying to enable, whether or not that process needs to be modified or adjusted. Because when you go to market looking for a series of technologies, you will find them. And I think it really comes down to this notion of understanding transformation is not inevitable just because you invest in solutions. So we have to really separate digital and transformation. You can digitize data, you can digitize process, but then when you really think about the transformational piece, it comes down to the question of, are we really interested in changing our business and or operating models, or do we really just want the new shiny toy? And so when you start with the solutions that are there versus the needs and the capability gaps that you have within your organization, all you're, you're more likely to end up with a series of solutions with no true problem or little opportunity to get the value from those solutions.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Look at what you want to accomplish, then find a solution for it instead of uh, the other way around. Uh, thanks for that. Kevin, next question is for you. Where do you think innovation comes from?
2: innovation and disruption in particular is when you're willing to take a step back and not just iterate something that already exists, but take a clean slate approach to solving a problem. And that can be scary, right? There's technical risk. It takes longer to get there. Uh, Not everyone has that luxury, but that's really where you see the big steps forward in technology when you're willing to take a fresh look and uh, a clean solution.
0: And actually going back to you, Randy, how do you think innovation and emerging technologies fit in with today's supply chains?
3: Emerging technologies create a tremendous opportunities for organizations to really reimagine who they are and to re-envision who they could be and where they can actually go. Because when you think about it, if your primary purpose of investing in an emerging technology is for operational benefits or even to some degree tactical benefits, then we're thinking about this all wrong. These solutions are designed to be transformational. And so one should really be considering Are we really ready to change who we are in terms of how the market perceives us, what we bring to market, and how we go to market? And it's not to say that you haven't had success all along with what you've been doing, but the reality is yesterday's success will not fuel competitive advantage in the future. And so the the emerging technologies of the day are to position you and to allow you to have the infrastructure that you need to capitalize on opportunities, and needs that have yet to manifest, or that your potential consumers and clients have not been able to articulate.
0: Certainly, if a culture is built around being allowed to fail, that would make innovation much, much easier. Uh, this question is for you, Kevin. How can a company evaluate whether they're making progress in cultivating that, you know, that innovation mindset?
2: One measure is is if you can continue to innovate, even as you know, some of your efforts mature, you know, as one of your products might get further along and you have to kind of stabilize it. Sometimes people have the innovation part of their company atrophy. It happens actually pretty often. So if you're continuing to find a way to break new ground on the research front, even as your products are maturing, uh, you know, that's a really good sign that you can have a long-term healthy innovation company.
0: And
1: Thomas, what have you noticed when it comes to fostering innovation at a company? Based on what I've seen, the, the leaders have been open about the fact that they're encouraging innovation. They're not afraid to use the words. They're not afraid to demonstrate the uh, practice. They're not afraid to solicit ideas. There's generally a way for them to encourage people to, to put their ideas together uh, and to be creative about it and to support them in the research and analysis that's needed for people with ideas to be, to be able to take those ideas forward. So there's coaching, there's templates, there's examples that that they present and how to do that.
0: And when it comes to piloting projects in particular, is there a, uh, a method that you think works best?
1: I think the answer is to start with a vision toward the end first, and then to work backwards and to design pilots that almost are designed to, to fail. It's like a, a fail early or fail first strategy works so that the extreme lanes of the idea can be evaluated and probed early. So to give an example, you know, some vision might have elements that you know, could go one way or the other, and they're pretty extreme. You know, Some pilot designed to test the viability of the most extreme bookends first to see which makes better sense has been an effective strategy. So you know, I've tested the bookends, This one failed, this one had a little bit more success. The next pilot might be a little bit bigger scope, and might be more toward the center, but it would be more toward the the pilot that worked as opposed to the one that was purposely designed to test the boundaries of the vision.
0: As we draw to a close, gentlemen, I wanna thank you so much for your contribution. Randy, Thomas, Kevin, we appreciate it. And thank you for listening to this installment of MHI Cast. If you want to find out more or learn more about the innovations we discussed today, just download the MHI Annual Industry Report. Just go to mhi.org and download your copy. Or if you want to see the innovations in person, make plans to attend ProMAT 2023. It happens March 20th to the 23rd. At Chicago's McCormick Place, you can learn more at promatshow.com. Here at MHI, we never stop exploring new opportunities to help you take your manufacturing and supply chain operations to that next level of success. Thank you for making us a part of your professional development journey.